0: Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Gwen Shietta, and welcome to this episode of Life on your terms. Today, I am absolutely honored to be joined by Satyam. He is the founding director of Renaissance Yoga. And for more than two decades, he has been practicing meditation and yoga on a daily basis and teaching hundreds of people throughout his community. He studied and completed his training in India. And today we're going to be talking all about the first L in the 7L framework which is listening, he's going to help us understand the power of being pulled by the outgoing tide and how to shine from the inside out. And so if you're curious about those things, and if you're curious about how to live a life on your terms and connect with that inner compass, you've come to the right place. So let's just jump right in and turn it over to Satyam. Satyam, it's such a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm so excited about our conversation.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to being here. Thank you for having me on your podcast series.
0: Well, you know, let's just jump right in. I, I wanted to interview you today because I know you're, you're dedicated to a life of mm. meditation and yoga. And I thought, who better uh, to talk to about what I call the first L in my 7L framework. And that, is, that's, that first L is really all about the listening and I've shared that, that L, that, that listening is about your inner compass, your intuition, your inner voice. And sometimes that can sound very abstract and elusive. So how, how do you define that? What is that inner voice, or inner compass?
1: Yeah, that inner voice, uh, from the yogic perspective, is finding that subtle space below the chitter-chatter of the mind that unites us all as human beings. And it's finding that quiet space. Um, Our minds work in two directions. They work externally and they work internally. When they work externally, they're projected out into the world through our sensory organs, right through our eyes, through our ears. And we're constantly... And it's very easy to think that that's the totality of our life experience because it's palpable. It's very tangible. And so the organs, those windows, the mind going through the windows, the eyes, the ears, you know, various senses, then we start to become inundated with external stimuli. And that colors and shapes our mind through messaging, through vibration, through all different ways, and can take us out of balance. And so finding that inner compass is going the opposite direction, not rejecting the world, but balancing by introverting the mind and finding that quiet space and know that there's also an internal message that, um, that, that really, that's very helpful, and that's, that's our inner compass. And, um, and the yogis will say that you know, that, that message is universal. Just like heart health is universal, right? The, the, uh, uh, from one heart to the next, all around the planet, everybody's got a heart, and the way to operate on that heart is the, is the same. And similarly, to uh, find our inner voice is um, it's, there's, there's a universal well-being of trying to find that inner space that brings a sense of calm and connection.
0: I, I love the way you define that. And do you think it's a – I mean, is it a – Physical thing, you know. You mentioned the heart or our lungs. Is it a physical part of us, or, um, you know, where is that? Is that is it? Do you define it as our soul? You know, when somebody says, "What, what is that?" or is it just is it an inner workings of our brain? You know, I, I think it's it's hard to wrap our arms around what exactly it is. When you say it's universal, so you think everybody has an inner voice. Everybody has an inner compass it's part of being human just like having a heart or any other part of us
1: yeah uh, yeah certainly certainly our brain is a physical organ and then our mind is uh is purely psychic but it exists and it's our mind that affects our physical body our physical body a, lo- a responds to the vibration of the mind if we feel nervous the physical body will start to sweat if we or even or if we feel scared, the physical body will tremble, and so and that's why people's stress ratios are very much related with um, you know the high blood pressure, all these things, these physical ailments related with stress. When stress itself is a psychic phenomenon. And that's dealing with mind. And um, the yogis will say, just to clarify, that the yogis will say that the brain is a physical organ. The mind is our mental mun. Mun is mind, and manush in Sanskrit means human beings. That we're mental beings. We're we're mental. We're primarily we live in the psychic domain. And uh, and the physical body is a tool. Just like we get in our car to move our physical body around, we use our physical body to move our mind around from place to place to engage in action. And that we're not physical beings, we should overcome the almost, you can say, trappings of uh, of. Um, of physical temptations. You know, if you want if you eat, 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 it does not suit you well. The mind has to be in control of that. No, this food is not good. Or that's too much food. Or no you're not hungry. You have to eat when you're hungry. And you know, people can get physically diseased by just being by listening by um, being drawn in by physical temptation. But we're mental beings and we, we find that mental arena and there we can find our balance when when, when we're mind dominated. Um, and so there's the physical brain, there's our mental existence, and then the yogis will say that there's Atman, there's soul, which is witnessing, witnessing, uh, uh, witnessing. It's kind of like, uh, well, it's a witness ship in the individual sense.
0: So you're describing it as three different pieces. So I want to break this down because I, I really I want to understand this. I want to make sure the listeners understand this. So the brain is that, you know sort of that most forward and, and kind of uh, conscious. Piece, and then you said there's mind, and then there's this. What is this third piece? So, oh, soul. I'm on
1: soul. Yeah, which connects us to a greater spiritual, spiritual life. But that that can we can think of it as uh, brain and mind. For but but uh, yeah, soul is uh, a witnessship. It's inactive. It's it's passive. Mind is very much engaged. We're always using our mind in different ways, and it's just like um you know if you read a book and you're reading it you're very much involved in a book and there's this whole unfolding going on in the, you're looking at a book it's got you know printed words on a page but inside going on in the mind is this whole experience that's purely psychic and you, people can become so engrossed in that they can forget what room they're sitting in what century they're in depending on the book you people can get very much engrossed and that's our whole mental phenomenon at work you can't take a picture of that mind you can't Play that experience for anybody. You, can, you know, it's not, it's not on videotape. It's just one's mental engagement. And we do that all the time with everything. When we, when we want to go get a glass of water, we will not do that until the idea comes into mind to take that action. Without that thought, it will never happen physically.
0: So would, would you say, Satyam, that... Um, you know, we're so focused on our physical appearance, right? We're always exercising those muscles and um, how we see ourselves or how people see us the outside. But what are your thoughts about this inner compass, this inner voice, this mind, if you will? Do you think in general as a society that we've either discounted the value of that or that we've moved further away from listening to that. I'm just curious your perspective.
1: Most certainly. Most certainly. Um, Different societies have a different, uh, what we would call in yoga, pranadharma, a basic dominating theme. And the overwhelming dominating theme of the 20th and moving into the 21st century is materialism. That physical acquisition, acquisition, and physical ownership is the totality people identify themselves with the car people they, they will actually identify with them, they will identify with what car they drive or i'm not or with so many things and uh, people become famous based on physicality and their their conduct is not good their mind is not good but they become famous because of that um, so we've discredited our inner wealth we, on a systemic level. It's been discredited and um, and and we see the ill effects because people get so much plus points for overaccumulation of physical sphere. We've got vast wealth disparity. and even though people have enough physical wealth, they want more because the mind is infinite longing. And it thinks that it will get happy by acquiring even more wealth. They have more than they could ever use in this lifetime. And there's some people who don't have enough to live in this lifetime. But So it, it's, 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 it's had a dramatic effect in individual life and physical life. And then you see people who are extremely successful and they suffer from all different types of mental ailments. So that type of success in the physical sphere is not translating well to the proper human development of the individual. If, if that was real success, then they would be well physically, emotionally, morally, spiritually, mentally. All the realms would be very good. But just one, you know, the, the graph is high in the physical realm, and they, they've achieved success by societal standards. But the other things are barren, and that's why we have people who are extremely wealthy, but they're mentally depressed, and I think what sometimes people
0: oversimplify that. Like, why should he be depressed? He ha- look yeah. at him; he's got yeah, he has yeah. millions of dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and then, well, right. she has millions of, of mm. dollars, and people have a hard time. You're right. We have all these different domains, um, as as you well stated. But people sort of look and, and they almost get angry. It's like, why should you be depressed? You mm-hmm. have everything, yeah, yeah, in quotes. But, it, you know, it goes, it, you mentioned, and some people don't have anything. But there's been studies done about certain countries, which yeah. ones are the happiness yeah, yeah, and yeah. fulfillment. Right. And that's a lot of what I talk about in the seven L's. It's the people who are living in alignment with their values, the the inner values versus societal, tend to be the most happy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not all about the material side. Right. It's getting, it, it's that internal.
1: And, and not every society has coded itself on materialism. This is a relatively new phenomenon. It used to be on all different types of values. It could have been religious values, spiritual values, um, family values, but uh, but. Now we, we see this, and I, I think we see it in in, in a lot in a lot of the uh, you know in a lot of modern modern society. But um, but it wasn't always like that. We didn't always do that as much, and there was a lot met less mental anguish as well. That
0: we did a better job of, of like checking the various mm-hmm. boxes, mm-hmm. and so why why do you think that is? I mean, are we have we just gotten lazy and said you know what, as so long as you you know are are you look good from the Outside and look successful. I mean, why have we gotten away from measuring success maybe more holistically or connecting with the mind? Why Mm. have we? It's it's like almost like we've become just one dimensional.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now let's just say that um, there are a lot of very progressive pockets of society where people are doing a lot of holistic. uh, There is a lot, but those are small pockets, and the overarching. Um, flow of society, or of uh, is this um, very much uh, emphasis on on, on materialism, uh, and and that's enough to take one off. If it's so long, the moment people define themselves by something basically inanimate, once you define, you identify yourself with inanimate objects. That this is the um, uh, presentation of who I am, my my physical house, my all these things, and they and they measure their own value based on material things. That's when you have that loss of uh, of, of inner wealth. You, people get a, away from that, and and it happens because that's what's to use the internet term. That's what's trending. That's what's trending. You know, that's where people are get praise and positive support because that's the overvaluing in society.
0: So our values, you think people are, I mean, that's what's marketed towards right. us, right? I mean, you just have to look at television and reality TV mm. and the kinds of shows. But, I, and yeah, it's it's kind of a fascinating thing. Why are we trending, you know, that way? Why have we become, uh, and there's probably a lot of different reasons, I imagine, but what happens when that happens, so you, you know you're focused on success by these external pieces, and it, it sounds like slowly then your your comp, your, inter, your inner compass um, is sort of turned off, and you're kind of following this other compass, which hmm. is you know society societies. What ha- what happens like when we start? And I think of it as a muscle. Maybe is that inner voice or that mind, as you call it. Um, sort of like a muscle. That if we stop paying attention to it, that if we start focusing on the external measures, what what happens to people?
1: Yeah. Well, it's like anything in life. Whatever you give value to, whatever you give emphasis to, then that quality gets developed. It's like a friendship. Let's say you're friends with someone, and you call someone every day. Then, then that friendship gets strengthened. And then there's someone else who you don't communicate with, and that friendship will slowly wean. It doesn't mean that it's gone forever or it can't be rekindled, but there's a distance that's there. Um, and uh, so um, the, the yogis talk about... Uh, you know, when a thief first goes out to commit a crime, he's very nervous because his conscience is speaking to him. This is not a good thing to do. But as that thief does it again and again, then he becomes like whatever you want to say, cool hand, Luke, relaxed. This has become his mode. His, he has a moral compass, but it has become suppressed, and it's not easy to awaken that again. And so, so, that, so then he's, he's not trembling. He's a cool cat going in and committing a thing that he internally knows is bad, but he's become conditioned to it. And it happens. Um, the, the people become very externally oriented. And then just to sit for meditation or to do something quiet, um, their mind are, is not... It's, they don't like that. They will like it if they practice it. And they'll think, oh, this is good. But with the, but that initial... Uh, uh, in, in engagement, because their mind may still be very uh, attracted to very uh, very high-intensive uh, external kind of crude vibration. And to get the mind calm, which is actually very healthy for us and very good for us, it takes a little bit of work, and we're not adjusted to that. Whereas if someone meditates every day, even if they've had a very externally oriented day, I mean, we all have to take care of different things, family things, professional things. But if there's time allotted for Mental engagement then that connection 's there that friendship isn 't lost, but if you don 't put the time in there, then then it, it it will wane it becomes and you can always reel it back, but it comes becomes harder and harder to do so it 's it almost sounds like um
0: Going to the gym, yeah, no, it's a shame. you know that Same. yeah, you have to exercise it. Yeah, yeah. Or I love your analogy to a friendship; it may be mm-hmm. there, maybe dormant, mm-hmm. and you can bring it back. But sometimes when you start a new habit mm-hmm. or a new behavior, it's a little painful and yeah. it's a little uncomfortable, and you don't know if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. All of those, all of those things. So sometimes maybe it's just easier not, easier not mm-hmm. to. Yeah.
1: They 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 think it's feel better. You know, um, it's just like someone who smokes cigarettes. Everybody can see that that cigarette's extremely negative, but they're conditioned to it, and they feel, oh, "I need to smoke, I feel better now." But everyone knows that's a false sense of better. But they've established that relationship so so strong that they're being they be they be, you can get brainwashed, you know, and then so. What I mean to say is that whatever you wherever you put your deposit in, then that gets strengthened. Whether you de- and so we all have to make that inner deposit. It, it, it's it's very healthy for us. It's very good, and um, and that's how we make that connection. That repeated of knocking on that door, and then the mind will become adjusted. Okay, it's. Just like when you know it's time to eat, if you eat dinner at the same time every day. Same thing, you know before you eat, you're going to sit down, you're going to do your meditation, you're going to do contemplation, you're going to do some type of internal engagement. And the mind will be looking for that, and it becomes part of your routine. And the yogis will say mental exercise, uh, spiritual practice, it's a practice, it's an endeavor. And the more we do it, the more the mind likes it, and the better off we are.
0: But you have to get through that initial train, like training, mm. to get to that part of ooh, this is this feels good mm-hmm. now because there's that initial maybe yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. I don't see any results. How is this mm. helping me? And I think as a society, the other piece is we're so accustomed we want instant gratification. You know, you talk about the cigarette instantly you feel good for that moment. Mm. Long term, it's not good for you. Or or buying the car, mm. and maybe maybe we want the easy thing i mean do you think that's it sounds like the payoff of the meditation and getting in touch with the mind the long term payoff can be huge but as a society it's almost that like we're trained for these instant easy gratifications and and clear markers of success if i drive that car i'm successful if i have that title or have that home it's very clear, I'm, I'm successful, mm-hmm. right? And it's sort of instant, whereas what you're talking about is a little bit maybe more of an investment and patience. But what's, but if you do it, what, what is the payoff? Talk about it a little bit more in terms of what have, you, what have you seen with individuals? I'd love to know as you teach people and they engage in this practice, what do you hear? What do they say? What's, what's different about their life
1: mm-hmm. that makes it worth it? Okay, uh, sure, sure. I just want to touch back on this idea of easy and instant. It's true. Materialism, chasing after that is easy, but meditation is also instant. It, it's not, it, there's a, that all it takes is one breath and you can start to change the vibration of your mind and you will feel different. And that's why even every grandma br- will say, you know, take a, take a calm breath. I mean, it's well known across societies that if you just take a little bit of time, and it is instant because you're going right into the mind, and the mind will have effect on your whole so, – so both are instant, but it's not easy. That's, a, it, that's a
0: really important point, though, yeah. and I want people to hear that. So it is – it can it, be instant. Instant,
1: but it takes a little bit of discipline. It, but it's instant. The moment you say, oh, I'm going to do this, you'll get that benefit fast. And that benefit's lasting other than materialism where things come and go. You put your money in the stock market. It goes up. It goes down. It's, it's just things constantly go in the – this is, this is a permanent investment. It will never leave you, whereas all the materialistic things come and go. Your car rusts. The things break, whatever it may be. This is permanent. It takes a little more discipline, but it – is and now we so when people that's why when people come to a yoga class or some type of engagement uh, of a discipline um, they feel uh, mentally better afterwards and they may not want to come to class that day they may have felt the body was stiff or that their uh, their back hurt and not only did the class ease their back pain and make them feel better. But they got that mental benefit, which um, and that's why at the beginning of yoga class, everybody is talking, and at the end everybody's silent and they're happy to be silent because their mind is adjusted to a more internal flow, and they feel peaceful there, and they like that calm vibration and so when anyone starts moving in introversial flow, then you get you get lasting and also immediate benefit and that's that that's it's a permanent deposit into your account and and it and it and the other thing is that um the mind has infinite desire and it can the external physicality is finite by definition but the travel into the mind the mental arena is physical there's the the mental arena is infinite you can think of thousands of trees whatever you want to think of you can think of and not only that but the next person next to you can also think of that and there won't be any shortage
0: that's true there's enough to go uh, around there's always enough it's to, not a, go, re, a limited resource yeah, which is
1: why we have all those problems in the physical field because people want happiness they want unlimited happiness and the finite thing, the world's a finite and so then and then we have wars and fights and all sorts of stuff over that finite physicality Whereas if we, we have to bring the whole individuals and society into psychic growth and, and, and ultimately spiritual growth, but both psychic and spiritual realms are infinite. The
0: way you're describing this, satsang is like, oh my gosh, I love this. I need more of it, right? But if, if it's so good, if the payoff right, is instant and long-term, and it seems you know, the more investment you make, the happier you will be like, why aren't we doing it then? Like, why, why aren't we, you know, I'm coming back to that because it's just an interesting, you know, why, why don't we have more of it if the investment is is so great? The payoff is so great.
1: Hmm. Um, some societies, I mean, they're in ancient Indian societies, people were sent to go live with their They'd go live in a uh, they, they, they the family would raise them till they were five and then the children would go from five to eighteen or five to twenty and go live with the spiritual guru and they'd get their their studies and they 'd learn meditation and um that was part that was a very Valued. They say India is the only country in the world with the Pranadharma is spirituality, that it was grounded in spirituality. That, and, and they've had all sorts of problems now as materialism creeps into the society. But it's the only society uh, or close to it where they really did uh, have spirituality as square 1A. That was the, the stepping stone, the beginning point. And then other things grew from that. Um, and so it affected their outlook. Um, and let me just say that um, being born in any particular land doesn't make you – but I'm just talking about what is emphasized in the society. So it's not you have to be born anywhere, no, and you don't have to have any uh, – but, but we're all affected by our environment. And and societies change over time, and we're seeing that rapid change in India where they're becoming far more materialistic now. And actually a trend in the U.S., people have kind of surfeited in materialism and they're looking for other answers, and there's a lot of development in the U.S. towards more, uh, you know, um, subtle type of uh, engagements in life. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there does seem to be sort of a move. I think everybody achieves the success, and they get the material things, and when they say... Okay, wow, I'm still not happy. Right, right. Sometimes that's when they, yeah. they go on that internal journey. Right.
1: So you but you were saying that why why aren't we seeing more people do this? And it's because it's happening on an individual level, not a societal level. The societal level is still flashing fast food at us, still flashing movies at us, still flashing name and fame at us. That's that's what's getting uh, that 's really what 's projected through mass media, but a lot of people there 's individuals who are interested in and they tell their friends and so um, but now that you know, yoga and different things are going into the schools we 're coming into a crossroads here, but we 're not all the way there, but it isn 't difficult it all depends who 's at the top and and who 's projecting the message you know you know if, if there's a um, and right now the the message is being projected by um, you know, what, what do you want to call it? Profit-seeking corporations, whatever you want to have. But it, it isn't that, okay, everybody wake up, let's all sit for 45 minutes of meditation, and then, which, you know, it can be that, but it isn't. And that's why we're not all running out, af- you know, we're not everybody's moving after that.
0: But it's, ha- and you're right, it is happening on the individual level, mm-hmm. which is why I'm so fascinated when I look at the 7L process and framework that I talk about. And as I interview People who um, who seem to be living a life on their terms, you know. You, I'm looking at these common themes across these individuals in terms of fulfillment. Um, Are they living their passions? Are they living their values? And that in that connection to that inner compass, to that to that mind, seems to be present in all of these stories. And so. That that was part of what I wanted to you know convey with you today is, and is that a prerequisite you know to to live a life in alignment with our internal values versus society, and to create that life on our terms to have that vision for what that might be and, and move towards that? Would you say that having that connection to to your mind to your inner compass is that a requ- is that a requirement or a prerequisite? To, to create a life on your terms, a fulfilling life on
1: your terms. Yeah, yeah I, I think so, I, 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 certainly. And not only is it, but the, the connection has to be strong, otherwise it'll become overrun by, uh, by societies, which is a lot of people uh, go after things that um, just by collective flow. And here I don't mean to say that every society is materialistic or will always be materialistic, but that's, that's a particular trend that we're seeing now. Um, so societies and individual uh, can coincide, they, you know, but we're not seeing – in terms of looking within, you know, what we're talking about now, we're not seeing that in this present-day world where that society is helping, you know. Rather, it's, it's pulling one away from that.
0: Do you think you could have both, right? So uh, some of the individuals that I've interviewed, uh, part of it was maybe to create a different quality of life. You know, maybe they had a, a child and wanted to leave a corporate job and start a business that was based on their passion. But they ended up having financial success as well. So you're not necessarily saying, I don't think, and I'll pose this as a question, that to be fulfilled, to be connected to that inner mind, do we have to give up all the material things?
1: No, 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 no. it's a good point. No, certainly not. There has to be balance, and all those things are needed. Those are needed, but those are not the goal. That's the key point. Those are needed. Everybody has to eat. Everybody has to have a place to live. Everybody needs clothing. Everybody needs education. Everybody needs medical care. These things are needed. Everybody should be able to engage in the arts and do all these things. But the goal should be something psychic, psychic spiritual. And then and then, um, our indulgence in that physical sphere uh, will wane and we will be drawn more towards that inner compass, whatever that may be for that particular individual. If that's not strong, it's going to be overrun in today's world.
0: So if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is if if your goal, if you think you're going to find happiness and fulfillment by attaining those material things, that's going to wane.
1: Yeah but you will get a you, the but thing is you'll get a lot of back patting along the way so it's very alluring. right it's and, reinforcing. Yeah it's reinforcing yeah. absolutely. But then at the end of the line you may feel like wait a second I got short changed here. But um but it's very that's why it's so easy because it's tangible, it's physical, it's measurable and everybody's going to pat you along and everyone's going to say you're doing so well, you're so successful. So um and then uh, you might enter crisis and you're like where am I really, you know, where, and that, and we see that, we see that, um, and, um. Right, if if for some reason you lose that
0: job or, or, you know, or you attain all those things and you go, wow, there's still something missing, that Mm. mind sort of tells you there's something missing, Mm. but if we, if our inner compass and our values, if that's, uh, what we follow and we, end up with some material things along the way that, that that's that's fine yeah no no
1: no and that, that there's no question of any type of repression or suppression or thinking that the material world is uh is not a, is is and india had this problem and they 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 went they there was a, they were influenced by uh by a philosopher by the name of shankar Chari. he said this world is immaterial it's 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 meaningless it's just a it doesn't have any value and they suffered for it they stopped doing uh uh, investigation into medical science all different things they they, farming farming their agriculture they suffered because they thought that this world was just a menagerie and the yogis say no you have to live in this physical this world is real it's a relative reality that, it, you're not, that uh, the, the facts and things of the world are changing, right? Uh, there was a time when New York City was the capital of the US, I think, and then, you know, where, where it means that the it's changing. Borders change, things change. Um, so the physical world, this is where we're living in this world. We should be well adjusted with this world, we should give it due diligence. But it's not everything. We have a psychic realm, we have a spiritual realm. And They say life is trifarious three, three realms physical, psychic, and spiritual, and that's why the proof that the yogis do that is that they take the, physical health is looked upon as very important in yoga. Because if your physical health isn't well, then how's your mental health going to be?
0: Right, it's a reflection, perhaps, of yeah. your spiritual and mental. So yeah. it's, you need all, right, all right. three of those, and, and
1: as well as one's engagement in society. And so, um, so they're all valued. They, they all, val- they all have meaning. And one can – and there's no thing – no one should think that there's one thing that, oh, if I start learning meditation, I'll have to give up my worldly pleasures. No. No. But you may I think a lot of
0: people listening to this show will feel a sense of relief. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But but you may find that they may change. But that's because whenever you – people, you know, like – well, a kid who's playing in the sandbox is like – I always want to play in a sandbox I never but then as they not as their body grows, but as their mind develops, they think that sandbox is not so long, but there's other things they like and um and so that's how we are. we grow and as the mind our liking is determined by our psychic uh, by our psychic development and um and the more as we develop psycho psychically psychospiritually, then naturally our uh so so you'll always get what you want. What, what I'm saying is that what, depending on your mind, then you'll you'll have access to those things, and uh, there'll be there's no sense there there'll be no question of loss, and you'll have what you need in the physical sphere.
0: You'll your your mind will manifest what what you're putting out there. Right. Is that what you're saying?
1: Y- yeah, yeah. You'll it will derive pleasure. Uh, let's say if a person used to be a habitual drunkard, and said, this is the greatest thing, then they they left that habit, and then. Um, then and they really truly developed and uh, they, they became involved in I don't know writing orchestral music or who knows what they were involved in in the arts or and they they're not now thinking oh I. Would like to, you know, they, they that habit is that that old thing is gone. They're finished with that pub society, and now they're and their mind is not. They're developing more happiness because it's a more subtle thing, and, and and there's no sense of loss. Now the other people in the pub will say, "Oh, what happened to Harry? He can't do the same more." But then that but that's their perception. But Harry's thinking, "No, this is great. He's My, moved on. Yeah, yeah. He's moved on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know,
0: it's kind of reminds me of an interview that I did with a couple." That decided to leave San Francisco and move to the Bahamas and live a much more simpler life. Mm. That they were, that was kind of where their mind was taking them, that they'd achieved some material success. Uh, And when they went to the islands, they shared that many of their friends were anxious they they were saying but what about healthcare mm-hmm. and what about this and aren't you going to miss that that it was kind of interesting that they'd sort of outgrown, yeah, yeah. outgrown. those things but it's the people around them sometimes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, i don't want to say they don't intentionally maybe hold you back but they maybe aren't there growth wise mm-hmm. so it's kind of an interesting phenomenon mm. and so what what about for for you satyam like when you think about just to kind of bring this down to the personal a little bit mm-hmm. like Um, Maybe you were always well-connected to your inner mind or your inner compass. But, I mean, how – is there a a specific example or um, when you think about your own life of how this connection to your inner compass and mind has kind of helped create a a trajectory that you went on? When you think about – you seem to me that you're living life on your terms, right? Um, How has that connection – and developing that connection more strongly helped you to even more create a life and live a life on your terms. What What does that alignment look like for you when you align your values, your mind, and and your day to day behavior?
1: I certainly, um, yeah. That um, uh, oh, when I first um, got involved in yogic life. Which was really probably at the age of 23, um, you know. Uh, then everything in my life changed, everything, everything, radically so. And um, and I would say for for, for the better. Um. And uh, but you know, change. You know, change is sometimes very easy, but usually it's you know. Uh, can be can be um, can be challenging sometimes, depending. Um, but but once you have a new idea, you know the the w- that inner compass is the innermost cell of who we are. You know, and when we connect with that, then it's going to point in a different direction. And even if that inner compass changed one degree, then one's whole. Um, External presentation is going to be different. Like if you're standing one direction and you just point your toes a little direction and you start walking that way, at the beginning it may not seem so great, but if you keep going down that path, you're going to be far from you know the the the, the presentation of your life will, will be radically different. So I mean, um, everything became different. My food became different. My uh, my my uh, my uh, social habits became different, um, and uh, so. Um, you know, I mean, I was a typical teenager growing up in the U.S., I, what what to say, and I live a very, uh, um, rambunctious college experience, or, if, you know, whatever it may be, but, um, but I, I remember when I was, uh, um, when I graduated college, I, I, uh, I, I uh, I grew up in an area where a lot of people went down to Wall Street, went into law school, but just out of a matter of course. Not because that was – I got nothing, no problem with that. But when, when I saw folks doing it because they didn't know what else to do, and I thought that name on the compass is shut down. I, they were I, just on
0: automatic yeah, pilot. They,
1: they right. were moving. They jumped, they jumped into the waterfall and were carried by the current. And I thought – I don't know what my mental current is. It sometimes takes time to figure it out, but I'm going to take a time out here. I'm going to step back and not get washed away to a place that I don't want to go. So I'm going to take back. So that, that took a little bit of – you have to – because – I wonder know, how you had that.
0: How did you have that – and all the lemmings are going over the cliff. Yeah. Well, and how did you yeah, yeah. know? So were you already in touch with your inner compass? No, cuz like, how did you no, know? To no, pause? I
1: didn't know. And I don't mean to say those people necessarily went over the cliff, but they but. went where they went, you know. <laughs> and, and and a lot of them now 10 or 20 years later have redirected. I know lots of people went to law school and they're not doing anything related with law these days. And and many are cuz that's their passion. But but I'm here we're talking about doing something that you didn't really feel an inner link or inner calling for, right? I mean, my dad was a lawyer. I got no, and so, but um, but so, it's a, that's the
0: point that you're making: yeah, is I, it being making the decision consciously and uh, making the decision and the plan based on your inner compass yeah. and your mind yeah. and all of that right. versus just sort of uh, just going along,
1: going going with, yeah. the, with the external. Yeah. So so I I took it to, uh, like a, you know. I created physical space and, you know, sometimes you have to do different things. And, um, and then then my life started pretty much racing forward in a direction that I uh, wasn't, was, you know, basically towards a yoga life. And I didn't have all the answers of how that was, I didn't know how it was going to play out. But I, I was drawn, I was like a magnet, I was like, this is, I'm going that direction. And I was leaving everything else, bag and baggage was dropped behind in order to do that.
0: You just said so many amazing things that almost gave me chills because I've had a very similar experience in in my own life. And I have a follow-up question for you. I I took a pause. It was a time in my life where I was a rambunctious, you know, 20-something as well. And I knew I just needed to kind of Stop And, uh, you know, Michael Crichton, and I'm sure many yogis, I remember reading one of his uh, autobiographies, says sometimes it's important to change the backdrop. If you change the backdrop, you can see the foreground or yourself more clearly. And so I, I had a period where I was like, I, I just have to go. And I traveled Europe. And as you talk about that, you know, I turned my toes a different direction, and it took me in a completely different good, good mm. path because I hit that, that pause button. But the other thing that you just said was – Tell me if you think this is true when you are in alignment and you 're connected with that inner voice, that inner compass, it feels like it propels you and you said you didn 't know exactly you didn 't have it all worked out, but when there's that when it clicks, would you say that it 's almost like it it push, it, it pulls you it 's like this inner thing that 's like i 'm going down this mm-hmm. path. And it's not even difficult versus mm. when versus a more external forced thing of like I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. When there's this certain alignment, uh, and I don't know, I haven't you know done all this research, but I can say for myself when I felt that alignment, it comes from within, and it's sort of like uh oh here I go, it's just calling me. Mm. This, is that? Did you have a similar experience with? The yogi life?
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of songs in yoga about outgoing tide. I'm being pulled by the outgoing tide. Yes. And, um, and that's when life is easy. You don't know what the future holds, but you know that you're going in the right direction. And there's nothing more beautiful in life. It's just like uh, they use the analogy of a parachuter. He doesn't know exactly where he's gonna land, but he's got a shelter up above him, and he's just enjoying going through the sky. And he you knows that he'll touch down in in a safe way because he's got his parachute. He's got it, and so uh, the yogic life or whatever life that you you once you find what your your, your psychic or your spiritual shelter is, and um, then. Uh, then all the pieces of the puzzle will, 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 will kind of come to form and it's it and it's easy what well, you said it's easy. It is easy because you're getting pulled. You're not tying, you're not going against a grain. You know, and um that's uh,
0: right that that right there, Satyam, if we only can help people understand that, because that is that alignment, and when you have that, that gives you that clarity to create the life on your terms and when I say your term I don't mean this in this controlling it's all on my mm-hmm. terms mm-hmm. but it's your terms from the inside yeah. and so if people are listening to this and they're like I don't know what you guys are talking about or I've never felt that before or "Ooh, how do I get that mm. how do I I want to feel that tie. I'd never heard that uh, saying before mm-hmm. but that's exactly that's exactly it." Um, to get that tide that, that pulls you, that calls you, where yeah, the fear kind of goes away. Mm. I remember when I started my media company, Career Puppy, and I had this same kind of calling this pull. And I've told this story. My husband kept saying, I don't, I don't get it. Like, how are you going to make money? You're talking about telling mm. people's career stories. And I said, I don't know. Mm. I don't have all of that figured out. But it was so clear in my soul, mm. this pull um, that, that I could just trust it. And I just, I just moved in that direction. Things unfolded. Mm-hmm. The right people came in my life. Clients showed up at the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I had to do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was just this um, sense of peace mm-hmm. as I moved in that direction. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's listening to this and they're saying, oh, my gosh, maybe my inner compass is completely off. Uh, my toes aren't pointed in the mm-hmm. right direction. How do I start? Like, how do I get what you're talking about? How do I get the tide to pull hmm. me and create a life on my terms? What would your, like, first, what, what would your advice be? How do you get started on that path?
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to probably be different for, for most, for everybody. It may vary. But I, I would say an important part is retreat, is to find, is to retreat to put the brakes on for a moment and try to discover, contemplate, think, see what moves you. Um, and um, you know, what what things are you doing in reaction? you know there are a lot you know there, there's in, in society are, are you are you the the pinball that's being bumped around by all the forces in society and and or, do you have some? Uh, you know, everyone has an inherent longing for happiness. That's what unites each and every human being. Everybody wants to become happy, um, and um, and so everyone has a universal song or whatever you want to call it—an a internal pull. Um, and and I, and I think the the main the, the way to really get in touch with that is to. Um, cultivate some type of practice that allows you to calm the mind, and to otherwise you become numb. You know, and that that doesn't it doesn't you know, and so and so people are going to have everyone's got their no two minds are the same, uh, like the yogis say no two snowflakes are the same no two minds are the same everybody's got their own vibration, but uh, there are certain universal principles that will um, help us. Uh, Kind of align ourselves, and, and um, so by, yeah, you know, we're 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 mental beings. You have to go inside. There's no shortcut. Yeah, you know, that is. The, 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 that work has to be done. There's no shortcut. I think because
0: yeah. we all want shortcuts yeah, these no, days, right? Pop a, but, pop a pill. Yeah, and, no, it doesn't work. Yeah,
1: the, 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 the yogis always say short. There's no shortcut in spirituality or, or in psychic. You know, yeah. You know, there's no shortcut in honesty. There's no shortcut in in all those things. Um, but the yogis also say that uh, you know, the greater the obstacle, the the you know, the the, the the helping forces that we as we're able to do that as we overcome those initial hurdles. Then, um, then we're well prepared for the journey. But
0: so it's so it's that pot which takes us back to that first L, which is that listening, mm-hmm. right? That which is that hitting that pause button, being quiet. And and what I hear you saying is maybe it's yoga that will help do that process of looking inward, or maybe it's meditation. Maybe there are other things I don't know that help mm. people to do that, but. For, for you, if somebody says, well, what exactly is meditation? Or what, if they want to, because that's what we're talking about with you today, what would you say to where to start with the meditation? Can someone just sit and be quiet? You know, what, give, give a couple tips. or Do they need to go to a class to learn? If they, if they say, you know what, I want to try this meditation route uh, to get in touch with that inner compass. What would, your, what would you encourage them to do to start with meditation? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, that to create space in their life, the first thing is to create space in their life for it, to create time for it, and to investigate it a little bit. Nothing can be um, discovered if you're not going to give it time to to germinate and, and grow you know um it and so that initial step is that you you have to decide that i'm going to do this and i'm going to need to learn from different people along the way i don't know who those people are maybe right now but this is – there has to be some inner yearning. And that's why when, when I lived in yoga in Indian in ashrams and I came back here, I saw people teaching yoga classes. I thought that was a joke. How do you teach yearning? How are you going to teach spiritual yearning? Get a whole bunch of people. But you, you can do it. You, and, and, and then ultimately the classes in, in the U.S. and things around the world that are so popular now are pretty physically based, and that's okay. They, it helps. It's a starting point for people. But, but, but someone has to take a conscious decision – that I'm going to create space in my life to, uh, to explore here. You know, just like every other conscious decision, right? No one just graduates from medical school. Like, I didn't mean to do this. <laughs> you know, right. you do that. And, and tremendous effort is, in, is in, 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 in part. So everything, nothing of meaning is going to come without effort. So if you're not, so just know this: uh, sadhana, the word for meditation. First of all, yoga and meditation this is the same, that, that, that um, yoga and meditation, yo- uh, yoga means union, means union between unit being and, and cosmic being. And, and yoga has multiple steps, and the physical practice of yoga is one aspect of really what, what is a psycho-spiritual practice, that you're creating the body into a proper medium to meditate. Because if the body's not comfortable, the body's not flexible. The body's being affected by um, by the glands, right? If uh, it's a little bit of another aspect, but but the the idea being that um, we that uh, so, so the the name for meditation yoga is sadhana. And sadhana means struggle, uh, but in that struggle is 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 victory, right? And and people do in the external world. People do tremendous struggle. You want to learn to run a marathon you know and they, and and from that is great joy and a sense of satisfaction that you've accomplished something and but that no one should think that the path inward is free and easy or that it's meaningless or that I should be able be ready the same determination you do to something external be ready to apply that
0: I love it somebody once said to me I don't need easy, I just need worth it. Yeah. And it sounds like, yeah, it's not just sitting there and poof. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's work. But I, I love what you said, just like anything else. So the first, if somebody says, how do I start? Where do I start? The first step is to make a conscious decision of, you know, I'm, I want to explore this. Yeah. Or I'm interested in living a life right. that's based on my inner compass mm. versus external. Or mm. I have a curiosity and so making that decision and then moving in that direction, to, as you said, to explore, to understand, to find people to help you figure that out, mm. just like we do with any, anything, anything, right? Whatever that, that goal is. Mm-hmm. I, I love that and be forewarned that yeah, it's, not, it's not easy, but it'll be worth it.
1: Absolutely. Because that, the payback is completely internal, it, it's internal, and it can never be taken from you, and it will be reflected in all your external interactions. Uh, people will see you differently. People will be feel that, that someone, they'll gravitate towards you. They'll say, they'll say, that's a person I want to be around, or uh, everything will become better. Whenever you shine from the inside out, everything will be better, rather than just trying to decorate oneself externally and thinking that's going to hide or masquerade whatever internal Uh, uh, hole or depression or whatever if you you guys start from the inside out and everything will be better and so um and again there's no loss involved people think that you know if i do meditation i won't be able to do this thing that i really love but when, when you invest internally then everything becomes better all the layers of life become better
0: and you're not losing anything no you're just gaining you're gaining but you know, I know this is audio only, Sacha, um, so people aren't sitting here. But you know, you have this amazing energy. I just want to want to highlight that. It's just you—you you can tell that you, you're living in alignment, mm. and this is authentic mm. for you, and and that shows. You know, you have a, a certain light about you, and and I think the people that I've interviewed who are living in alignment and figured out this process. You do. You, you're you're attracted to them. There's mm-hmm. a you know a certain energy that they put off. Um, that's that's very positive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I so appreciate talking with you this morning. I'm oh, sure. excited about. Uh, I I want to invest more in my own journey in this mm-hmm. way. And I'm curious though if you could share with uh the listeners how they can learn more about you how they can find you uh, what what can you share about where they can where they can learn more about satyam
1: oh uh, sure sure i'm accessible uh renaissance yoga is i uh teach uh is um i teach public classes to, and uh the re- website is www and no one knows how to spell renaissance right um uh, But renyoga, R-E-N-Y-O-G-A dot com, and there's all different ways to contact me through the site.
0: Well, and you have, uh, I just want to point out, too, on your website, you have some great resources. You have have a blog. I know you talk about some of these things that you've shared here today. So I encourage people to check that out and learn more about you and your story and the, the tools and resources that you offer. But thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure.
1: Oh, yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, everybody, thank you again for joining me on another episode of Life on Your Terms. Please visit the website at L-O-Y-T Inner Compass and share your comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics. And until next time, I hope you are inspired and have the courage to live life on your terms.